This is Daisen Shui X of the Podcast, episode 177, for the week of May 31st, 2009. Welcome to Daisen Shui X, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisen Shui X. We cover anything, everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey Look there. At this. Sunday afternoon, it's nice, windows the windows are open. Are chirping. The birds are flying up and hanging out on the screen doors. That's a little weird. Yeah, I was really worried they would start pecking through, flying to the house. Too. And then uh, we'd have a hot date with animal control tonight. Yeah, that'd be a little strange, but when it, it's all good now. Yes, no pet birds. It's lovely. It's, uh, like I said, Sunday afternoon. I know, it's kind of hard to sit here recording this podcast when I'm looking at the skylights like, oh man, so sitting nice here recording out. an internet show, I should be enjoying nature. So I what's it going to take to get this show mobile <laughs> it's possible <laughs> be a kind of pain in the ass we could do it. i think i'm gonna take the laptop outside and edit i don't know I might. yeah we could but we do not have a patio set yet mike uh, hint, i'll hint. just throw a towel on top of one of the old dirty chairs i don't care it's a nice- okay i'll just you do what you gotta do fine it sounds good mary hi do you and i yeah, we're, this is, uh, as you can tell by Julian's absence, a kind of, I don't want to say winging it week because this episode is chock full of content. Oh, totally. But this CD didn't show up, well, the one that we will be talking about, didn't arrive until yesterday, so kind of a late start on our part. Seat of our pants, Lack of kind planning. Of, oh, God, are we going to do is this gonna, topic or is not? Is it going to get here? Is it going to get here? Oh, there it is. Okay. We'll talk about that. That's a funny story. We actually recorded a VG Convos the other night. So yeah, so we got more editing ahead of you. It's a podcast full month. We got VG Convos, DiZX, Low Fidelity. Good times. The Mike family of podcasts. That's right. <laughs> You're like a conglomerate. Or I know. Something. We, we don't and this have is just this. the Dizentry X brand, and then you have the Low Fidelity brand. None of them fit together, though. It's very strange. Maybe the video games in Dragon Ball. I don't know. You're like the Johnson & Johnson of podcasting. <laughs> what I'm getting at is hopefully this episode will come out tonight. It should. Okay. You and I, it's always you know an easy edit. I'll try and make it easy for you and not flub over sentences. All right, perfect. I can't make any promises. Thank you very much. Mary, let's talk about what's going on in this episode. Sure, Kind of already gave it away. Talking about Dragon Soul, the CD single of the opening theme to Dragon Ball Kai. We got it in. We'll tell you the story of how it was discovered and the extra things inside, and we'll review that. Uh, reminder, we do have a contest going on. You have another week to get in on this. We talked about the super exciting guides a little bit ago, and you can win copies of both books, so stay tuned. It's on the website as well. Mary, if you look over at the bookshelf... And what a glorious bookshelf filled with Dragon Ball goodness. Some of it's crap, but most of it's goodness. There is a new addition over there. Yes, it's Frieza. <laughs> Frieza, Frieza. So while we didn't make it down to Animazement, our friend Megan did. I thought it was an- Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm getting my cons confused. I, I think Anime, Anime Boston, Boston was the same weekend. I think. Okay. Or, it might have been. Or they're like a week apart. This was Animazement, though. Uh, or do you say Nakao, who plays Frieza, as well as Kula, and he did Tambourine, was down there. And Megan got us a little cool thing. Get it? Cool? <laughs> it's a Dragon Ball joke. It is a Frieza figure signed by the man himself, Ryusei Nakao. He even wrote your name on it. He did. He, he says, Mike. Mike. And that says, I think it says from and then his name, but it could just be that he drew in circles and I can't tell the difference because you know, when you sign things, your signatures, mine's just kind of a little bit of an M and then I just go, bah, 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 bah. you're just leaving yourself open to people for people to forge your signature. No, but it's, it's a very distinct bah, 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 at the end. I don't think anyone could you know, do the same thing. Okay. Anyways, it's there. It's signed. I'll put up a picture of it. It's the coolest thing. I love it. It's a very it. snazzy figure. It is. Aside from the signature itself, which is awesome. Yep. But- 
I like the little blast coming out of his hand. Yeah. It's cool and sculpted. So big thank you. And I, I mean, saw you this week anyway, but thank you. And for all the other people out there, you can uh, check it out. Mary, we are up to, I guess I'm calling it the tune of the week. Okay. It's a cool thing. You know, we've, uh, we had two weeks of VTech from Spain with his new age versions of songs. And, uh, we started off with the Chipmunks version of Headshallah from Bernhard. This week, people will never, never in a million years see this coming. This is something very strange. Are you prepared for this? I, I think Are you I, I'm holding on to my pants. All right. We have something to play for you. Music that I like from someone involved with Funimation's English dub of Dragon Ball Z and specifically the musical score of Funimation's English dub of Dragon Ball Z. Gasp, shock, and awe. However, All at once. However, it is not from that dub score. It is actually something based on the original Japanese score. You could say it's a fan track, I guess. You could, you could. Made by someone professionally involved with the English dub. Right, let me give you a little background here. So Scott Morgan, uh, he goes by Morgan Studios. He actually did our opening theme to Low Fidelity, so you know right there he's a cool guy. Uh, worked with Faulkner Productions on the score to DBZ for Funimation. Uh, actually, it was 08, 2008, early on that year. He uh, posted up on our forum. He's actually been a part of the forum for a while. He posted up that he redid a piece of music from the score to DBZ Movie 1, which itself, you know, a kind of an inside joke favorite here. It was a piece of music that had never been released on CD before. It's just a short little piece, but it's a really good one. Mary, you might remember it. It's the scene where Kami and Garlic are fighting, and Garlic's kind of holding him up, and then Kami does that, like, Superman thing where he blasts him away. Yeah, but I don't remember the music involved. All right, well, here's what I'm going to do for you. It's a really short piece, so I'm going to play the scene itself from the movie, and for all you guys listening, you're going to hear the audio from that scene, and then we'll talk about it real quick, and then I will play Scott's version of that song that he composed all on his own. You can hear the sirens in the background. Sunday afternoon, windows open. I love it. This is how we roll here. So, let me play you the scene from DBZ Movie 1. All right, so that was the scene. You remember okay. that piece? I, I I don't remember the piece, but it, it's a good one. And damn, Garlic's a good voice actor. Whoever oh, plays yeah. him. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Uh, like there was one part in there I got like really angry. I, I was like, ooh, it was scary. In movie one, it's Akira Kamiya. And then when it was back to the TV series, that was when Shigeru Chiba uh, played him there. Oh, okay. So that, that would have been Kamiya in the movie. And if I'm wrong, I will put in a record scratch and fix it. But I'm pretty sure. So you like that piece? Yeah, it was good. All right. Well, let me play for you what Morgan Studios, Scott Morgan, did here. And uh, it ends a little bit differently. He changed the, the ending note. I, I think it's a great piece. So let me play that for you.
How fucking cool is That's that? That's mighty impressive. That's awesome. It sounded like so deep and like, <laughs> I felt like I was in a church or something. I love the <laughs> deep rumbling at the end. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Like oh. orchestra-ic. Orchestra-like. Orchestra-ish. Orchestra-like. There you go. There you go. Absolutely wonderful. You know, I throw this into the mix when I'm listening to other, uh, you know, DBZ music from Shinsuke Kikuchi. Just throw it in the mix. Fits in so well. So I would have liked awesome. to have heard more of that in the original because, I mean, hearing it without dialogue, it yeah. sounds very different. And it does. I think it doesn't sound quite so outdated compared to some of the other stuff he did. I agree. I agree completely. I think it stands on its own. It's a shame they never put that on a soundtrack. Yeah, it's a great little piece. So I'm glad that we could kind of have it added to our collection from Scott. So there you go with that. I do want to say that uh, finally we are getting around to premiering the music download section. I should say re-premiering. Things we've always done with Daizen Shui X in the past, and I wrote a little bit about this in the re-intro to the section, is you no know, back in 98 when I started my website, it was really tough to find music. So I would do things like cycle in and out um, 96K versions of things from like Never Ending Story or some of the old soundtracks. We're at a point now where you can just order from CD Japan or Play Asia. They've re-released all the hit song collection CDs at like eight bucks a pop. Everything's really easy to find. So what we're doing here is giving you genuinely rare, the word rare, eBay has destroyed the word rare, but genuinely rare, hard to find, unreleased music that you can't just buy somewhere. So you've heard it on the podcast first. You can head on over to the site and download the full quality versions that uh, these people have submitted. We've got the Chipmunks on, we've got VTEX music, we've got Scott's track here, and I know we have at least one more to hit you with next week, maybe a couple more. So I'm looking forward to really sharing this with people. Uh, that's going to be in the multimedia section. I'm moving the music database over to guides because I think it belongs there more than it does in multimedia because there wasn't any kind of download material there. So a little bit of restructuring. Uh, there's going to be some new information over in the music database as well. So I'm really happy to share all that with everyone. Good stuff. Excellent. Thank you to all our contributors. This is excellent. Damn right. Damn right. So I think that is the stuff for the week. Get anything you want to throw in? Not really, other than I've been um, rereading a bunch of my old X-Men comics just because it's nice in this new house just to open up all the windows and the doors and just chill with some old comic books. I'm looking at stuff from about four years ago, and there is Dragon Ball ads up the wazoo. And I remember when I first bought these issues a couple years ago, I was like, my worlds are colliding. My Dragon Ball fandom and my X-Men, oh my god. I I mean, it's just crazy. Transformation in there. It's like Dragon Ball's gotten so huge and so mainstream that it takes up entire page back back of the book advertisements in these things. It's like right. 10, 12 years ago, I never would have dreamed of this kind of thing. Anyway, I, I just thought it was amusing to see Dragon Ball ads. No, that's good. Thank you. In my comics. Yeah. All right. Thanks for ending out the stuff with an interesting little anecdote. Oh, I try. On to the news. Sometimes. Yes. News is great. All right, I've been working on this for days to try and make sense. <laughs> because you have to wrap your brain I do. around this monstrosity. Well, we've been so busy. You know, it started, I think, on Friday, maybe even Thursday. You know, Andrew and Jeff are over here, and I'm working on VG Convos, and I'm reading the news going, oh, man, I'm going to have to update with this at some point. And it just kept coming in. And we're leading up to E3, which starts tomorrow, and it's just all over the place. So Atari and Infogrames, there is a ton of, I don't know what to call it, other than nonsense going on. I feel like every time we talk about them in some a larger capacity 
other than, hey, there's a new DBZ game coming out. It's always groundbreaking industry Something bullshit. that has to do with the, the future of either company or entity, whatever the hell they are. Right. Hangs in the balance of That's, whatever news is going to be. Hangs in the balance <laughs> is great. It's such a Dragon Ball phrase. It is. It's, it's Dragon Ball's evil influence on me. But I would love to go back to maybe our previous conversations about Atari and Infogrames and figure out if we had any predictions. Like, okay, a lot of stuff's going on. Where are they going to be I'll a couple of months, last. a year from now? Right. And now some news is happening. So I would just love to see what how things played out. Well, we were concerned about their existence because they were having some really tough times. And then Infogrames came in, basically bought them outright and uh, integrated them. That was in uh, early 2008. And here's where we're going with this. is um, This particular story is coming from Kotaku and a bunch of other places. Let me read the quote for you. The board agreed to change Infogrames Entertainment's name to Atari, the company announced today. This decision will enable us to make the best use of the Atari brand, capitalizing on worldwide strong name recognition and affinity, which are key drivers to implement the company's online product and licensing strategies. So basically, Infogrames purchased Atari outright in 2008 just so that they could have, I guess, better financial standing and then take their name. Take their name, basically. Take their name, like right. steal it. Like, we're going to buy you just so we can take your name. Well, is Infogrames a good name? Of course not. It's a pretty crappy name. Atari. I didn't even know how to pronounce it for years. Oh, yeah, we were mispronouncing it for a while until I heard the theme song on, uh, I actually heard the theme song on IGN GameScoop. I- I'm going to have to dig this up for you, Mary, because it is, the most hilarious thing. There's a song that they composed where they sing about the properties that they own. Really? Yes. That's amusing. So if I can find it, uh, I'll try to splice it in at the end of the episode or something. I'll steal it from GameScoop, whatever. But good times there. <laughs> anyway, so yes, they uh, they are becoming Atari, which is nothing like the Atari it was in the 80s. And uh, But again, it comes down to name the, recognition. The name. Yes. Like they say, I mean, they got to steal something, steal someone's name. Right. <laughs> Right, something that people know. All right, moving on. That, that's just the tip of the iceberg here. So we have their fiscal year 0809 information. And looking ahead here, a loss of 226.1 million euros. That's about 319 million for the fiscal year 0809. That's an increase of over 51 million from the previous year. So they're. So two years of drops? Yeah, they're burning money here. So here, I'm going to kind of cruise through these quotes. This story is coming from MCV. The firm blamed substantial write offs and goodwill impairments on its publishing operations operations, as well as losses due to the exit of its distribution business in Europe and Asia. Remember that, keep that in mind. The firm said that the sale of its European and Asian operation to Namco Bandai would net it 30 million euros, and admitted it had cancelled new projects. It said, to improve the cash position, the company has reorganized the business to focus on more cost-effective mass market games and online. As such, the company has cancelled projects which do not meet higher return on investment criteria and require significant working capital investments. Further, the company is working on extending its credit line beyond December 2009. Translation, please. So, that first bit of news, I totally understand. This is confusing me to all hell. All right, so we've been talking about this. They had this distribution partners business, which they essentially sold to Namco Bandai, and that's with regards to distribution in Europe and Asia of games. Previously, Atari had been, for example, distributing Dragon Ball games, which Namco Bandai creates over in Europe. Essentially, Namco Bandai is getting that back into their own hands. They're going to be distributing Dragon Ball games on their own, and we'll talk about that coming up in later bits of news. So... Atari, or Infogrames rather, was looking to make about 30 million euros by selling this back to Namco Bandai. But in the process, they're also losing other money with other things, and they're canceling new projects. What they want to do, it's the typical ugh, corporate bullshit talk, is we're looking to reorganize and 
you know, develop new strategies to blah, 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 blah. So they're going to focus on different things. We're not done. Continuing onwards. Phil Harrison steps down as president. We talked about this a long time ago. I think it was last March that Harrison joined on. You remember Phil Harrison was actually the uh, executive vice president of Sony Computer Entertainment Europe. Uh, he, he was a big head honcho over at Sony. And when he came over to Infogrames, that was kind of a shock. There, I remember there were rumors. It was like for- a step down, like a hell of a step down. Almost. But I mean, I guess if you step down, but into an even higher head honcho position, maybe you can do something with it. Anyway, Harrison's gone. He's now stepped down to a non-executive director position. So he's no longer president. He's still there in some capacity. But that almost sounds to me like we're keeping you around, but you're not actively a part of our management anymore. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. So continuing onwards a little bit here, we've got a Q&A over on GameSpot with David Gardner, who's the CEO. And he spoke about uh, current franchises, profitability, etc. Mary, you think you can read a little bit of this? So he says, I don't want to pick on any franchises because it hurts people's feelings, but we had a lot of products that needed to be canceled and a lot of franchises written down, Gardner said. It's like moving house. You throw away the stuff you don't use and don't really need. You figure out how you want to live and what you want in your new place and that's what you'll focus on. For Atari, that means focusing on taking its franchises online, whether it's a massively multiplayer online game sold at retail and built on monthly subscription fees, a digitally distributed game, or traditional retail games with online components. One thing likely to change in the publisher's future is its reliance on licensed properties. In recent years, Atari has leaned heavily on its licensed Dragon Ball Z and Dungeons & Dragons games to bring in sales. Although Gardner said that the company will continue investing in long-term licenses such as the one it holds for D&D, it needs to strike a balance between working with its own intellectual properties and those of others. What we've all realized in the senior management team is that we should really be doing more to develop and promote our fantastic catalog, Gardner said. So the GameSpot article here mentions DBZ, but not really what's going on with it. And I can't tell if they're mentioning it in a positive or negative light. I don't think it really matters either which way. Mary, something we talked about a while ago on the show was that Atari, in the past, in recent history, half a full 50%, maybe it was 49, but it was pretty close. Half of the money they make, period, is from the Dragon Ball franchise. Holy cow. So, with that information, and seeing everything that's going on here, and knowing that their sub-license from Funimation expires this coming January, January 2010, yeah, they have a lot of stuff to deal with at this point. I don't see how they're going to restructure and have some kind of battle plan in place. Maybe they have been thinking about it. I hope that as a company they have been. Right. Having a plan in place, no Knowing that they lose this this license in 2010, like all this talk about restructuring and focusing on different intellectual properties, it just seems really daunting to do just, you know, with half a year left to go. Something I was mentioning to you earlier before we started recording was I hear a lot of uh, gaming podcasts and gaming sites and news analysis talk about Atari and all the things they're going through. I don't think anyone's giving Dragon Ball the credit where it's due with the amount of money it makes for Infogrames and Atari, the influence it has on the market. I mean, it's one of the top-selling franchises. Right. So People don't want to admit it, I guess. See, it's interesting. You'd say, well, it's just a fad, but Dragon Ball's been in the States for a long-ass time now, and the games are still selling it. In fact, the matter is, it's earning Atari half of its income. Right. So, Origins yeah, didn't it do is, so well, but... Well, yeah, but it is odd that they're not even mentioning it on other shows. I mean, you can't deny 
that money's being made here. Right. I mean, obviously we're going to talk about it because this is what we do, but I, I really think people need to focus on this and they're just not paying it enough attention. So I'm going to skip the next piece of news and uh, go to other video game news and then come back to talking about it. Oh it's my God. About- I feel like I'm tripping in time. It's like <laughs> oh, I know. we're going back to the, a point where every single bit of news we talk about is video game news. And here we are. I feel like we say this every single year on the podcast. It's the year X right. and there's still a gazillion games. In the year 1980X. (laughs) Bizarro 1980X. All right. European game release news. We were talking about Bandai Namco, this distribution partners business. Everything's going back to Namco Bandai. So here we go. Dragon Ball Z, Attack of the Saiyans, or Science, whatever you want to call it. It's coming out in Europe. Maybe they'll say Science. This is a version of Saiyajin Raishu on the DS coming out fall 2009. Dragon Ball, Revenge of King Piccolo for the Wii. Again, fall 2009. That's the Tenkaichi Daiboken game coming out for the Wii. And Dragon Ball Raging Blast, which is the PS3 360 game, also fall 2009, all confirmed for European releases via Namco Bandai themselves. Good for them! If they're making the games, they and they have the money to distribute it. Cut out the middleman. Absolutely. Here's the thing, though. Nothing on American releases yet. It's really hard to tell at this point what's going to go on. Uh, the closest we've had was Dragon Ball Evolution on the PSP, which was released from Nanko Bandai, uh, because it doesn't have any ties to the anime or the manga, so they didn't have to really deal with Funimation there. So, so wh- what, uh, what what's of going this on? stuff is region-free? Is the um, DS? Yeah, the DS is region-free. So okay, then. I, we're all really excited now, because we're like, hells yeah, it's coming out in Europe. There's going to be an English release of the game. We can import the European version, and hopefully it'll have uh, Japanese voice cast uh, retained in there. The Wii's going to be a little more difficult. Uh, between the PS3 and the 360, you may be able to get Raging Blast. Although, I really don't know these days what goes on with uh, PAL formatting, with HD formats. I don't know if it's taken into consideration, like, frames between 25 and 29. I don't know. Uh, I may just get the Japanese release of Raging Blast on PS3. Uh, I didn't have any trouble playing the Sparking games in Japanese, so this can't be all that different. So... Go Europe. Have fun. All coming out in fall. That's kind That's of a crazy. hell of a lot of money to be dropping That's a lot in of a games. short term or a short period of time right there. I hear you. All right, so let's get back. Raging Blast. We have some more information on it. Uh, the website Xbox Evolved updated with screenshots and general information. Let me just cruise through that general info here. Uh, Spike is confirmed to be the developer, just like they were on the Sparking series. 60 frames per second. Mary, you know I'm all about that. Woohoo! That's what 60. it needs to be. 73 characters, which does not appear to include transformations. Hmm. So for reference sake, Sparking Meteor had around 95, uh, not including transformations. It's a little bit of a step down, but that's That's how it always is. Hopefully we can have some differentiation with the characters. Uh, Uh, 10 destructible stages. You were saying you want more stages. 10 is not enough for me. No, give me like 20. Definitely. I don't wait for the sequel. And then finally, online tournament option with up to 16 players. That's cool as hell. That's cool. Uh, Because all we've had so far has been... uh, Sparking Meteor on the Wii with online play, which didn't work at all. And there was also Burst Limit on the 316 PS3. I played a couple of rounds online. That worked out pretty well. So there's Raging Blast information. Last thing I got for you in terms of news, this is the box art for Dragon Ball Evolution, the DVD and the Blu-ray cover. There you um, go. Is there any way to make that bigger? I can do so indeed. Here's the Blu-ray one. And it I- says Z Edition <laughs> on it. Okay, I was going to say, I really like the cover, but that Z-Edition thing is pissing me off. <laughs> I think it would have been great if that little Z-Edition wasn't there, because I think 
that cover would benefit from that otherwise negative space that would have existed right, right. there. It, it would have balanced itself out a little more. But yeah, the Z edition kind of means nothing to me other than, yeah, it's a Z. You know, fans know what Z is. But yeah, overall, I think the cover is kind of snappy. Here's the Japanese DVD art. I like ours better. I can't believe I'm saying that. In terms of I'm cover just going art, by gut instinct. I think so. I prefer the image on oh, the yeah. Japanese one. I definitely like it as a poster right, for some reason, right. <laughs> but I like no, I our cover better. Definitely, definitely. I know that sounds really fucked. No, it makes sense. So, Mary, that's the news. <laughs> Wow, it's a lot. It is. Holy crap. All right, we're done with that. We have episodes eight and nine of Kai to talk about, so we're going to cruise through a little bit of that. It's interesting. You know, we have this new Dragon Ball thing that you figure, oh, we're going to watch it as soon as it airs. Honestly, we haven't watched an episode live since episode one, and there have been a couple times where we fall a week behind. Today was one of those cases where we watched episodes eight and nine because we just never got around to watching eight. So stuff happens, but it's kind of nice to watch two in one go. Yeah, I like Because, it. I don't know, it just feels like you get more, a bigger chunk of the story. More bang for your free buck. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to talk about with these? I have a couple of very specific things, uh, more so with episode nine, I think, than the others. So, Mary, why don't you tell me what, what basic events of these couple episodes? Okay, um, Goku finished uh, training with King Kai, or... Kaiosama and returns to Earth realizing that they didn't take into account they had enough time to go back so he's hightailing it there. Meanwhile on Earth, Gohan is finishing up his training and he meets up with Crittedin and Piccolo in their training ground in uh, preparation for the Saiyajin to arrive. And speaking of they crash land on Earth and the fight begins and we have one death so far. That's right. Yamcha's down and the episode 9 ends. I thought it was an interesting we talked about this. A lot of the episodes would originally end on kind of pastel-y, artsy scenes. What they did here was end on Crudidin, like, lifting up his arms. Actually, maybe, maybe the episode did end this way. I can't remember. I, regardless, I thought it was an appropriate place to end that episode where he's kind of powering up what his next attack is going to be. First thing that really stuck out to me, I don't know if we mentioned this when he was first there. I think we were too busy talking about how they recolored Vegeta, but Nappa has a new voice actor here. <laughs> The new guy is Tetsu Inada, uh, who's replacing Shozo Izuka from before. I'm not feeling this voice at all. I can't say I remember the Japanese version of Nappa too much. I just assumed he was a gruff guy. I don't know what it is about this. I don't think he's rolling his R's well enough for me. Ah, he's not, um, hick sounding, no, not hick. <laughs> yakuza um, sounding Yeah, exactly, enough. <laughs> he's not yakuza enough for me, yeah. Um, give him a, I'd say give him another couple episodes. Well, I mean, he's, he's only gonna, gonna be, be around. <laughs> Said in two episodes. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, I, he is around so short, it, it doesn't particularly matter, but I'm not, not loving it. Let's move on then. Hirotaka Suzuoki has passed away, and we have Tenshin Han replaced with Hikaru Midorikawa. Last couple episodes, he's had a line. So finally, we get a couple lines of dialogue here. You said you were really impressed. I'm impressed because it does not sound like typical pretty boy Hikaru Midorikawa. I'm like, wow, he, he sounds like a butch guy. <laughs> 
I think I say that every single time we talk about him. I think yeah, I, I throw in the word butch. But that's what he sounds like. And I'm really impressed at his ability as a voice actor to kind of, you know, take me out of what I think his uh, typecast anime character exactly, is. Yes. It's like you're playing this huge, this stacked bald dude, which is awesome. And <laughs> it takes a lot to replace Hirotaka uh, Suzuoki. I yes. don't think he's quite there, but he's doing all right. Especially where he played so many characters that, that we love, like Saito and Kuno. I mean, he's kind of a, a staple of all of our favorite shows. Not not to say that Midorikawa isn't as well. I'm really looking forward to next episode where, with the final Kikoho scene. I mean, that's going to solidify whether oh, yeah. or not I love him. In that's going to be the final thumbs up or thumbs down. Definitely. So uh, I want to talk about some cropping issues. We haven't really talked about it a lot. You know, people give us crap for giving Funimation crap and not giving Toei crap, although we do give Toei crap. One scene that really bothered me is right after Vegeta and Napa land with Piccolo Gohan Kudadin. It's uh, they show one side and the clong, and then they show the other side and the clong, and then it zooms out kind of kind of weird overhead shot. Heads are cut off. There's nothing they could do to reframe that scene to make it work for 16 by 9, and I think that's... I think they could have easily redrawn that scene because they're standing at such a distance that they wouldn't have to make them too detailed. Maybe. But I guess they figured, you know, only nitpickers like us are going to care if their heads are cut off, so. I I actually don't know, but I think it may be easier to redraw close-ups than faraway shots. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure, but... uh, There's nothing they can really do about the height differences between Nappa and Vegeta. And everyone else as well. And everyone else, yeah. We've got Gohan there, he's dying. They're going to lose a little bit of Vegeta and a little bit of Nappa, and they meet somewhere in between. That's right. I do want to also mention that scene because the classic sound effects are in there. <laughs> and I don't know how I feel about the music. I'm still unsure. I, I've decided I like there, the music. You do? Okay. Yeah, I do. I think it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so articulate. It's nice. <laughs> I don't know. I am starting to recognize pieces more and more as the episodes go on, and I do like okay, them. Okay, sure. Well, I like the sound effects. I'm as articulate as you are. <laughs> they were there. They were nice. They were the classic ones. There were a couple of weird cutaways that bugged me. I think Herms mentioned this as well on uh, our forum thread, but it totally stuck out to me. So all of a sudden, the cameramen are there filming. They just randomly cut to it, and they're there. Uh, I, I think we need a little more setup there. Uh, you were saying how, because you know it's there, you didn't really notice that they cut some stuff out. No, because I expect uh, that kind of stuff, and I don't really stop to think, oh, wait a minute, they need to kind of make a segue to transition them into the scene. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're right. Now that I think about it, it is weird. But it was also weird when Yamcha died. Poir was already up against the TV, where right, I think right. in the original, he probably cried first Cries and then flew over and to the TV. Yep. But it was only jarring for about a half second. I was like, okay, well, they gotta do what they gotta do. And they cut Bulma's grieving in half. Mm. Little things cut out here and there. It's working, though. Yeah. I think so. Overall, I like the pacing. Okay. I got nothing else I want to say about it. I mean, we're kind of following Z pretty closely here. Um, thoughts on 8 and 9? Good. There was, um... Loud noises outside. It's all good. It's Sunday. It's a good thing it's Sunday, because those buildings would have been filled tomorrow. There was a artistic thing that really bugged me, and it looked like it was either a case of too much overblending or a case yeah. of a really sloppy cutout, like something I would do in After Effects and do a really crappy job of it. Oh, it was yeah. when uh, Goku was um, showing Kaio the, uh, like, okay, here's my final chest. Here's me doing the Geeky Dama. Uh, yes. he, had, he had the white glow around him, and it seemed like the outlines to his body were like non-existent. Similar things happen with Funimation's box there, where you, you smooth things out too much, you start to lose but detail. I don't 
don't know that maybe that's how it was in the original, but just on our it was TV, really it bad was like, hair. ah, looks like a really shoddy matting job or something. I'll have to look at the original. Okay. That's all I got. Me too. All right. So we're done with topic number one. Let's talk a little bit more about Kai and review the Dragon Soul CD single. So the acquisition story is a little funny. It shipped to me on release date. Typically with CD Japan, I get stuff a week to the day from the ship date. And it still hadn't arrived. And days pass and it still hasn't arrived. Yesterday we uh, leave to go out to dinner. We walk around and I look over by the garage and there's this long brown package just sitting on the ground in front of the garage door. I'm like, okay, I, th- maybe that's the package, but I only ordered two CD singles. What, what would be in there? So go pick it up. Sure enough, CD Japan package. So we open it up and in addition to the two CD singles, one of which, you know, is here for us to review, another of which we're going to give away. Uh, we're going to start that up next week, contradicting what I said. But anyway, extra stuff in there, the uh, lovely little green wrapped posters. There were two posters included. I was not expecting these. I'm thrilled that they did one per CD purchase. Yes, yes. That's pretty um, generous. <laughs> I think so. So uh, I think I'll put up a picture of them, but it's kind of a promotional poster for Kai and this CD single. You know, it says what time Kai is on, and hey, the CD single's out. Maybe you should pick it up, even though you know you sent it to me. So I'm really excited about that, uh, and we're going to give one away with the CD as well to the contest winner that will start up next week. So, um, packaging, Mary, Dragon Ball Kai, Dragon Soul. Picture, it's the kind of promotional image we've seen for a while. It was on the official website for Kai with Goku in the middle. Uh, Frieza, Vegeta, Gohan, and Piccolo are on there. We've seen it for a while, so do you have any thoughts on it? No, I mean, it's all right. It's your standard Dragon Ball image. What is um more interesting to me is the font for Dragon Soul. It looks like this retro 70s kind of font. Yeah, not, it's not like overly that way, but it's reminiscent of that kind of style. I think it's really an interesting choice, I guess, because it has the word soul in it. It's made like soul music. Oh, good point. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it either. I think it's kind <laughs> of weird and it doesn't fit Dragon Ball, but... I agree. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe I'm a- looking at the font. It's weird. All right. So the CD actually has uh, not just... The- the, the spine thing. What are those called? Do you remember? Spine things. No, there's a Japanese word for I don't the, know. the things. This one's uh, larger. It actually has a full back to it that shows uh, on the limited edition version anyway, which is only 100 yen more, only like a buck more. Uh, it shows the card that comes with it that you use in the Dragon Battlers arcade game. That's one of those games that's based off the Budokai engine, but is card based, so it's kind of rock, paper, scissors. And there's a Goku card in there. And it looks like we're going to get another one with the next CD single as well. Yeah break care break so on the back of this it shows the track list one through four and uh it's advertising the yeah break care break cd single on june 24th it's got all the info that you need on there but the actual back of the cd is there anything to say about it it's just kind of like the track listing there's a picture of shenlong on the inside booklet oh on the inside booklet um on the back i meant okay and on the inside there's like this weird psychedelic um reprint of the image that's on the front with Dragon Soul, the two words taking up the entire height and width of the uh, insert. The inside book itself just opens up. I don't think there's any additional pages. It's just the lyrics inside. It's the kind of minimal packaging. I think if you're going to order this, get no, the No, there's a music. card on the inside. I know, but that's the card I talked about with, oh, okay. for use in the Dragon Battlers. I really think if you're going to get this, get the limited edition. It's only a buck more. You get the card. You get the little extra back thing with pictures. So let's talk about the music. There are four tracks on here. The first is the opening theme 
theme to Kai. It's just called Dragon Soul. The second track is called Miteki Aura no Energy. Uh, the translation I went with is Energy of Invincible Aura, kind of a standard Japanese Dragon Ball title. Then you've got karaoke versions of both of those making up tracks three and four. Only the four tracks on here. So Dragon Soul, Mary, we've been hearing the song for a couple months now through the show itself. And now I can't even believe it's on TV for months now. That's kind of <laughs> freaky. A little over two months, or about two months. But now we have the full-length version of the song. Has the song grown on you oh, a lot? Oh, hell yeah. A, yeah. a lot. I really like it a lot. Not as much as Chala Head, Chala. Nothing can replace that. But this is so cute and catchy. I really like it. And I try and sing along because I'm a dork. I, I'm really enjoying the song, too. Like you said, it doesn't have the nostalgic flair, I guess, that Hironobu Kageyama's voice has. Um, Takeyoshi Tanimoto, he's okay. I don't think he's got the, the soul and like this heartfelt oh, backing. The soul. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They hear Nobu Kageyama has. It's just some kind of spark missing. But that's not to say it's a bad song. I really enjoy it. Uh, the full-length version does kind of the classic things we expect from a J-pop song with the obligatory key change towards the end. Anything else you want to say about it? And super shonen lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Makinai is in there. Everything you expect to be in a Dragon Ball Shonen song. I feel like I should have a lot more to say about it, but we've been hearing it for a while, and, you know, we get an extra verse and the chorus out of it. It's great to have the full-length, full-quality version of the song add into the mix. Yeah, I think the only thing that bugs me about the song is the key change. It's like, mm. really? Key change? Really? It's like an artificial way to extend the song. Yeah. I just I would have preferred to just be shorter than something new. Oh, we do have the obligatory guitar solo as well, though. I, I, I can deal with that. We I'm that. fine with the obligatory uh, guitar. <laughs> Solo. Let's move on. Let's talk about track two. I guess you would call it an image song, Muteki Ora no Energy. Very interesting double bass pedal going on at the beginning yeah. of the song. It's, it's almost cool. misleading. It is. You think it's going to be this crazy hard song, but then it kind of pops along with its lyrics and delivery. And no. Fooled you. This song, it was bugging me for so long. The chorus of it, I'm going, oh, what does this sound like? Is it a Dragon Ball song? I'm picturing here in Kageyama. What does it sound like? I couldn't figure it out. Finally, I asked you yesterday when we were out driving to dinner, and, you know, of course I threw this in. I said, that part that goes, do, 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 and then this song continues, but what is that? And finally. It's um a song by Jam Project. I was like shocked that you didn't figure it out on I your know. own. I know. And it's my favorite song. It's skill. It's the one talking about going to space in the future. And it also says Makanai and <laughs> every other typical anime shonen word you expect to be in there. <laughs> I 
So I don't know if it's kind of a nod. But it's just three notes, but it just stuck with me so much. I think it fits that style and that just burning shonen spirit so well. Otherwise, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's forgettable, but I did have to play a couple seconds of it before I started recording about it. I would say it's forgettable as image songs go. I'm probably more likely to, 10 years from now, continue listening to some of the other image songs that have been mm. released back in the day. I probably right. won't happily return to this one you know in the future yeah very true of all the most recent cds we've had things like the super survivor cd i don't think i could hum two notes from any of the image songs that were on there uh they've all been very forgettable There you go. Then we have karaoke versions of the two, which is really nice. I love that they're included. I want to see people singing these at cons. I would go to karaoke contests if people were to sing Dragon Soul. I know Julian does. He sang the Budokai 3 song somewhere. I think we missed it, but yeah, people absolutely need to do this. I guess because they're not, you know, huge of the moment songs. Well, now Dragon Soul is because Dragon Ball Kai is the hot new thing right now. So people should absolutely be doing that. Not that we go to karaoke cons, but I suppose we would if we were guaranteed Dragon Ball And there's no way to guarantee that unless we knew someone who was going to do no, it. Absolutely not. So kind of a short review of the CD single. Um, you know, we talked about the card that's in there, which you can't really do much unless you, unless you live in Japan and can throw it into the machine. Uh, with our order, we got the poster. That That's a great thing. I think that really helps the price. So the limited edition version was 1,300 yen, about 13 bucks. Uh, the standard is 1,200 yen, 12 bucks. So I think if you're going to order it, you might as well get the limited edition, get the card and extra flip spine thing with it. Good price. You think we're getting jacked with it being split up into two CD singles? Yeah, I mean, it's not like we need karaoke versions of the two songs. I would prefer to all be on one CD, but you know, that's not how Japan rolls. I i don't know. I'm really upset that they split it up into two. I don't see any reason why you would need to put the opening and the ending on two different CD singles other than to get an extra 1,300 yen out of you. And then we know that Korochan pack CD is coming in, what, July, I think it is, which is going to be a repackaging of songs so i don't so know it's really a matter of get these now or wait or yeah can you wait another two months i would wait that's right. my take on it okay well we're gonna give one away but i want you guys to stay tuned for that next week because right now we're still running that super exciting guide contest i was thinking oh can i run two concurrent contests that'd be way too much of a headache for me so uh try to win the guides if you don't win those you get a cd coming your way uh enter both contests that's what you should do so that is uh our second topic for the week uh, i'm gonna try and get the written review up on the site maybe the next week or so. I can't guarantee exactly when it'll go up because I just got it in yesterday. But in the meantime, uh, you know, there's no releases left in May, but there's just a couple things in June. And since June is tomorrow, we might as well hit them up. Mary, I always end up giving you the Spain stuff, so I'll take them this time. Thank you, because I've almost got it memorized. <laughs> I know. So June 17th, it's a Wednesday. We've got Dragon Ball Z Volume 34 over there in Spain's Archie Pal release. It's a two-disc set of La Saga de Boo. This particular collection is episodes 271 through 277. It is 24.95 euros. More info on Z on a DVD, Zona DVD, .com. Also that same day, Dragon Ball Z Dragon Box Volume 5. Try saying that five times fast. These Dragon Boxes over 
in Spain, their collections of these two disc releases. So this one is 10 discs and it's episodes 158 through 199. So right there uh, before the Boo Saga. Uh, last few sets have been 59.95 euros, so it should be the same. Mary, we were just talking about this, June 24th. That's right. It's the uh, separate, yeah, break, care, break, CD single. That's the closing theme to Dragon Ball Kai uh, as performed by Takayoshi Tanimoto. There's a, uh, as with the opening CD single, there's a regular and a limited edition version of the set. One, uh, the regular versions, as we said, 1200 yen. Limited edition, just one yen more. Oh, not one yen. <laughs> one oh, boy, yen. one penny. Um, 100 yen more, I should say, which is about a buck more. And you can find it over at CD Japan. There you go. So with that done, let's check out some emails. First email we got for you is actually an audio email. This one comes to us from Bernhard, who did the uh, Chipmunks Chala Hedgehala a couple episodes ago. So let me go ahead and play this for you. Greetings, Mike, Mary, and whoever else happens to be there this week. Uh, Bernhard here with a theory as to why the special edition Dragon Ball Evolution DVD will be called the Z edition. Since the film flopped more than a floppy thing that goes flop. Silence, imaginary rodents. The studio realized that the only way they're going to make any money out of this unicorn fest is if they try to appeal to the hardcore fans. You know, the people they completely ignored to begin with? Just a theory. I also have a semi-amusing Dragon Ball-related story. Recently, I've been dividing most of my free time between reading the Viz Dragon Ball manga translations and cringing every time I suspect them of taking liberties. So, in other words, cringing a lot. I guess I'm just suspicious by nature, at least when it comes to Viz. I mean, forget the Rochambeau business. What's the deal with translating Sheen, the sound of silence, as shh, shh? is not the sound of silence. It's a sound made to encourage silence. And it could also be other things. It could be the wind rustling through the trees, or... So anyway, I've been dividing my time between reading the Viz Dragon Ball manga translations and watching old Popeye cartoons. And sometimes the latter leaks into the former. Like whenever I read Kame Senin's dialogue, I hear Poop Deck Pappy's voice in my head. And if you remember the scene when Vegeta was first defeated, where he reaches into his shirt... For just a brief moment, I actually thought he was going to pull out a can of spinach. Later. I miss audio emails, and man, this was a great one to have for the first time in a while. I love it, yeah. What, what do you think about the Popeye connection? That's, it's very fitting, <laughs> I have to say. Do you ever have instances like that where you're doing two things at once and they kind of bleed Oh yeah, a lot. Other? I mean, I can't come up with anything specific, but yeah, it happens a lot. I think one big one that we're having right now, it's the same property, but, you know, Abridged and Kai are kind of around the same spot. Yes. And it's getting a little confusing. I am, like, expecting Kai to start cracking jokes. Right, right. That I, I wouldn't understand. Every time we're on Kai's planet, I'm like, yarr. Oh my god, I do that too, in my <laughs> and, head. And Bojack's not there. Arr. So, I, I think Kai loses in that respect. So, anyway, Viz manga. So, Julian and I made a conscious effort. It was sometime after it started uh, in Shonen Jump, whatever year that was. Was it 03? I can't even remember. Uh, things started changing at Viz. People like Jason Thompson left, and changes were being made... Uh, Zoro changed to Zolo over in One Piece. Uh, all cursing completely stopped in Dragon Ball. And then the big one that changed was Mr. Satan no longer kept his name. A at that point, we knew, all right, we're kind of done with this. We're not going to support it with our money anymore. That's not to say that the overall translation is bad. 
I mean, we're Dragon Ball fans. This is really the lesser of all evils that we've had when it comes to translations, with uh, at least the mainstream version of it. The translation on the Japanese side and the DVDs are perfectly fine. But uh, yeah, there are just weird things that go on with Viz. It's toned down over the years. Remember, we always talk about Rama and the Trisha Ledoux stuff. And Trish actually had an influence on some early DBZ as well with Piccolo and his thou and thee and all that kind of talk. But do you have any Viz? I know you do. Recent Viz. Oh, God. I freaking love Nana, and it kills me to buy the manga because that's the only way I can read it in English, legally. They always throw around the word emo totally inappropriately, and I want to just rip my manga in half and light it up in flames and then take the ashes and flush it down the toilet and then barf in the toilet. And then take a crap in the toilet and flush it again, because I really am wow. so angry. That's my biggest language pet peeve. Yeah, seeing it on the internet is one thing. I do not want to see that shit in my fucking manga, okay? Oh, man, it pisses me off. <laughs> it just perpetuates the idea of that word being used incorrectly. It, it's okay to use it wrong, because it's in my it's, mangas. It's cool. It's on the internet. So now that we're all angry. Yeah, I want to <laughs> kill something. Here, give me a Q-tip. I'm going to snap it in half. All right, we're moving on. We have an email here from Adam. Why don't you read it for me, Mary? Okay, Adam. Okay. Greeting, fellow Dragon Ball. Okay, wait. No, no, this is a nice email. Okay. <laughs> happy place. Okay, happy, happy place, place. Adam writes, Greetings, fellow Dragon Ballaholics. Remember those stupid, and in a nostalgic way, funny edits made by Siban? Perhaps you can make an episode discussing the funniest, most famous, or weirdest edits made by them, and then explain and or have a laugh about them. I agree. That might be an interesting thing to do, because we're at a point where dub fans don't remember that. It, it almost doesn't exist to them. It might exist on the internet where right. jokes live. Well, speaking of the internet, our buddy Tanuki Kuribo uh, actually did a video on YouTube back in 06. I don't know how I remember this, but he made a video showcasing some of the weirdest examples of those edits, like digital painting. And, you know, one of my favorites is Goldo and the, the stars that covered hits to the face of Gohan. That was just crazy nonsense. So you can check out that video. I'll give a link to it. And uh, we get another email here. Mary, this one comes to us from Will. And I promise it has more to do than just the basic question. Okay, cool. Hello, Mike, Mary, Julian, and whoever else may be there. <laughs> I love that we have so many emails that go like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> They're all just leeching off each other because it's so true. This is a question for Mike. Sorry, guys. Vegito EX. I was recently listening to some old episodes of Daisenshu X and VG Convos. When is a new episode coming out? Next week. Please continue. And I would like to know exactly how many copies of DBZ Movie 1, Street Fighter Alpha 3, and Super Mario Brothers do you have, and which do you own the most of? The answer to this question is Dragon Ball Z Movie 1. Now, it's been a long-running joke on the website. It spilled over to the podcast, and it spilled over to the audience encouraging me here that... Don't encourage him! <laughs> DBZ Movie 1 basically because of 1997, I just have a ton of copies of it. You know, I had so, so many, and then, ah, isn't it funny that I own so many? And people started sending me more copies. So let me run down the list of the versions of DBZ Movie 1 that I currently own. Started with Fansub VHS, of course. It moved on in 97 to the Funimation pioneer of the dub VHS, and then the subtitled VHS, and then later on, the DVD of that release. And then it was made worse when Tanuki Kuribo sent me the Laserdisc release of that same release from 1997. Then, you know, flash forward a few years, we've got the Ultimate Uncut Edition DVD that came out when uh, they started that line, and I supplemented that with a duplicate copy with the First Strike DVD box set of Movies 1-3, through 3, though I did 
did give away one of those because they are identical in packaging, material, everything. I think that was at a convention. There's also Dragon Box the Movies that I have movie one in. And here we get to some fun foreign ones. I got the German DVD from Timo. I got the DVD from Norway from Sangofe. And then just last week, I got the Portugal re-release on DVD from DNA over in the UK. So however many that is, that's what I own of movie one. I know a lot of Americans are going, why, you don't have the remastered double feature version yet? I'm getting there. I will get the Blu-ray at some point. Uh, I think it makes sense to add to the collection there. So that's what I own the most of. I will run down the other ones because it's kind of funny. Street Fighter Alpha 3 I've got on PS1, which was stolen by a freshman floor mate, so I don't own it anymore. Uh, I've got the GBA version. I've got it in Alpha Anthology on PS2, and I've got the PSP version. I don't have it on Dreamcast or Saturn, so it's not quite that hardcore. And for Mario 3, I've got the NES version, the Super NES version, All-Stars, and on GBA. I don't have the Virtual Console version yet, but I'll get there. So there you go. Lots of versions of Movie 1. If you are an international listener, I encourage you to send me versions I don't have, and I'll take a giant picture one day. All the different releases of them. Contact me for more information. Mary, if people want to send questions, comments, audio emails, all that good stuff. Or DBC Movie movie One discs. Send them to podcast at DiceX.com. That's spelled P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Thank you much. It is time to remind you about our contest. Last time on the show, we reviewed and discussed and dissected the super exciting guidebooks that recently came out in Japan. We have two copies to give away, courtesy of Tanuki Kurbo. Funny how he comes up like three times in an episode. He's just that awesome of a guy. We're giving them away. It's a random drawing contest. All you have to do is send in an email. We have one entry per person. Though, we like to do this kind of thing where if you do something special, your entry counts as two entries. So if you want to be counted as two entries in your email, you know, in the super exciting guys, we learned that Mark is actually Mr. Satan's true name. So what you need to do is create a pun-based name for his wife, which would also be Vidal's mother, and that will count as two entries. So if you want to send these in, get them in by June 5th at 12 noon Eastern time. Mary, contests are all about following rules. Where do these need to be sent to? Okay, this is different from the email address I just said. These go to contest at com. C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Thank you much. There's a uh, full rules, information, everything you need on the homepage of the website. So go check it out. End of the episode. Look Whoa. at that. Episode 177. Just you Dragon and I. Dragon Ball delicious. Good times. Lots of Kai stuff. We had some music. We had some releases, some emails. And Viz made me angry. And Viz made Mary angry. You want to go read some Nana translations now? I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> All right. And I keep buying them. God, I'm such a hypocrite all about this talking with my wallet stuff. And yep. I keep getting thank it. Thank you. Thank you. But I don't want to resort to bootlegging. That's the thing. I know. I'll just have to starve. <laughs> all right. I'll not as starve. Theoretically, next week, we are starting up the manga review of Awesomeness again. We are up to, I think that would be 27 or DBZ 11 going by the Viz. Sorry, I we're so late. I actually don't remember what it is. So go check out whatever the last one is and then you tell me. I think it's that. Uh, hopefully Jeff will join us. We'll take our notes. Mary, you read it like three months ago or whenever yeah. it was. So you'll need a refresher. Is uh, it here? Yeah, it's here. Oh, we didn't give it to him yet? No, not yet. Because I still got to read it and take my notes. We'll get to that. So uh, please join us next week for Manga Review of Awesomeness. Hopefully Julian will be back with us. Anything you want to add before we close it out? I thought I had something else, but 
I'm done. I'm right. done, man. Why don't we uh, get cooking with some dinner? Maybe we'll do some editing in the process. I don't Maybe know. Maybe go outside. Maybe go outside. I'll take the laptop outside and edit the show. Maybe. We'll see. Until a bird shits on it. Until a bird shits on it, like all over my car. Mary. Yeah. Good seeing you. Good seeing you, too. I don't have a site to plug yet. All right. Check it's next down. week, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what you can plug? Your special guest appearance. On VG Convos, which is yet to be up, but it will be up soon. This week. It'll be up on VGConvos.com. That's V-G-C-O-N-V-O-S dot C-O-M. And Mary, what did we talk about? We talked about lots of things related to the online um, distribution of games, among other things, such uh, kind of tangentially related, like demos and whether or not they're physical demos that you get on a CD from a magazine and online demos. We also talked about, kind of relating to one of our emails, how many times you buy a game over and over again. Right. Oh, uh, that kind of thing. Thank you. You're welcome. Good having you on every show. Thanks. So you can check Mary out there. I'll be there. I'm on Low Fidelity as well. Jeff and I just reviewed the new album by Phoenix. L-O-F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y dot I-N-F-O. Look at me spelling. Like, it's nobody's yeah, business. spelling. This is going to do a show for like half a year, and finally you can spell the URL to it. And as always, I'll be here each and every week. Julian and I, Dizenchuex, www dot D-A-I-Z-E-X, punto com. So from Mary over there. Bye-bye. Julian off in Japan. I talked to him this weekend. All's good. He's around. My name's Mike Vegito EX. And I'm done. Daisen Shui X podcast. Konshu mo kite kudasate arigato gozaimasu. Jikai wo otanashimini. This NASCAR heat, Tonka town. Smart man makes my hair spin round. Beachhead transfer, pretty fine. Unreal tournament, test drive. Surviving civilization. Superman saves the nation. Instinct hotline, Dragon Ball, alone in the dark, and that's not all.